Uh, dude, this is tight. Just for real, though. <laughs> did he really perform at Coachella? He yeah. did. Weathan brought him on, didn't he? He did. I was Who? like, your man, Weathan. My guy, Weathan. <laughs> Welcome to Notable. I'm Tom Delore. I'm Hannah Stark. I'm Grant Palmentier. Oh, and I'm Amir Bankston. How about that banging song, guys? Yeah, I mean... I just deleted my entire Spotify. I don't even need it anymore. <laughs> I love me, Leslie says, like, you know, she do me, she do you, you know? <laughs> it's an excellent song. I love that kid. Come I on the show. I can't wait for his tour. He should have a tour, in all honesty. Like, I mean, Ellen snatched him immediately. Mason Ramsey. I, I follow him on, uh, not to- I follow him on Twitter, not Instagram. He's not Instagram-worthy. I don't want to see him, but I want to listen to him. <laughs> Well, uh, he is. He actually just a quick sidebar. He is performing um, at his local Walmart, where that video at his video was. local Walmart. So where the video he goes was, from Walmart mm-hmm. to, I guess Twitter, Ellen, yeah. just Twitter famous yeah. to Ellen to the Grand Ole Opry, yeah, to Coachella, and then back to Walmart. What a full circle. Well, like he said, he only performed there because that's the only thing he has in his town. The circle yeah. of meme life. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man, that kid. You said, Grant said it was dead, but I Please think this don't is be gonna, I want it to be dead. <laughs> this is going to live for it a might while. might not be dead. Next one's going to be Target. Dude, I hope his parents aren't racist. <laughs> I'm praying, dude. Because it means. It reminded me of that Keaton. <laughs> yeah, and it would hurt so yeah. much, man. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're here to talk about music. This That's a relevant thing, right? Mason Ramsey. The yeah. next big thing in music. And you know why it's particularly relevant? Because he performed at Coachella. Mm hmm. And this uh, episode's about uh, music festivals. Well, before we get into music festivals, we're going to be festivals. talking about some really quick news, some big news. Uh, so you guys ready to get into it? Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, here we go. All right. First up, Drake is dropping some hopeful fire in June. Yeah, it's an album. How optimistic are album. you, Amir? Huh? How optimistic are you? Um, From everything leading up to this point, I'm pretty optimistic. He's been pretty good so far. He Singles hasn't... have been good. Yeah. He did beat out his number one with a num- another number one. Yeah. Now he's number one and you know, two. Pretty unprecedented. Yeah. So. It's. I, I wonder, has anyone ever been one and two at the same yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, The weekend, I believe. Ah. Was, yeah. He was the first, I believe, actually, when he had... Um, was it The Hills and... Uh, or, no, it was from Starboy? Uh, no, 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 it was before that. that. Mm, it was, yeah, had to it was be the that Hills one and I Can't Feel My Feet. Face, I yeah. believe at the same time I think they were one and two if not they were, he was like the first artist to have uh, two songs in the top five at the same time and I believe they were one and two OVOXO okay. dude what OVOXO this is like the combination of their two labels mm. so the album is going to be called Scorpion yeah assumed he, he posted a picture of his leather jacket and so it's, did it says Scorpion the 40 his June. like main producer yeah. slash co-owner of the label also posted Scorpion produced by OVO oh, and uh, Oliver. So the, Forty didn't go sit down and, and take no, a show. he did. He, he's he's back. He's no. doing it. He took a break. Okay. They took a year off. You know. So expectations are high. Not high, but they're in the they're well, in yeah. terms of Drake's career. We've talked about it before. Oh yeah, in terms of career, yeah, they're really high. But like, yeah, I'm happy. Hopefully, it's good. Okay. There's a chance it couldn't be. It's there's way too mu- much music dropping, but yeah, because there's a lot of people dropping out of nowhere this week who just announced that I'm dropping. You know, so I'm happy for him. Hopefully, it's good. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of 420 drops coming. Yeah, J Cole. 
That was just really fast for him to do Because didn't he just announce? Isn't that another piece of news? Yes, yeah. yeah. Is that he just announced, and it's already coming out in what? A week. 420 is not a week. It's three days. Oh, no, yeah, three days in. Yeah, Friday. From the recording of this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, that's really fast to drop an album after you just K-O-D. It. I like it. Yeah. He uh, also, yeah, no, yeah, passed over it. Yeah, that's another piece of news. Yeah. J. Cole is coming out with a surprise album. Ha, 420. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's not really a surprise anymore because he announced it. Yeah, but he announced it, and he uh, he held a uh, yeah, really a impromptu like concert at the Gramercy, the- Gramercy Theater in New York, mm-hmm. and he played all the songs off of it. It's about twelve songs apparently, mm-hmm. and one of the songs is called 1985. Don't know if that you know matters at all, but that's it's what not. I got for you. And then uh, it's supposed to have three different subtitles. So oh, no. KOD is supposed to mean... Oh, 1985 was a... Because this is for everybody said from like what he said while he was yeah. performing. 1985 is an introduction to another project that he's doing, but he wouldn't provide any other details to it. Okay. So the, uh, that won't be on the album, I think. Okay. Well, uh, anyways, the KOD is supposed to stand for Kids on Drugs, yep. King Overdose, and Kill Our Demons. I don't really know... Why or how or whatever? All right, that's, that's kind of all over the place. Just going with it. Yeah, we'll, we'll look mean, forward to it. I guess that's cool. You I know? prefer it yeah. when artists drop stuff like that because when they let you know they're gonna drop an album and then you have to wait a year or something or they change the date, you get really hype about it and yeah. you think it's that month and it's not that month anymore. I was yeah. just talking about this. We were because because the weekend dropped. Yeah, and I Random. said I said the same thing that I oh, like it because, but then Amir, I think, and I mean, you guys both, both might have said that it's like they need to, to build up publicity on the album. Yeah, but I was like, yeah. some people are so big I that understand. I feel like it doesn't really matter, and a surprise is almost noteworthy in and of in itself. itself. To it makes build. news itself. Yeah. yeah, I understand the economics behind building it up and dropping singles and building suspense. So like, I get that part of it. It's just I think it is nice as a listener when. You don't have to wait, like, so long well, to hear something. I was going to say, as a smaller artist, I feel like the buildup is a lot more important than if you're a weekend and you just drop an album and everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, it's a it's a weekend dr- yeah. project. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it also depends on, like, what situation you're in. Like, J. Cole has said on himself that he's not competing with anyone else, so it doesn't really matter if he just out of nowhere <laughs> dropped an album because he's not competing. So it would be like, yeah. I'm going to drop an album, and then, hey, good, go for it. But, like, if it's someone who's, like, certain artists need, like, that build-up just to make it look, just to kind of get those numbers, not even to get those numbers, just to get buzz, like, mm-hmm. to get that huge buzz. Like, J. Cole doesn't need that right now. There's not many art who are, ugh, there's not many artists who can just drop an album out of nowhere with no build-up. Like, there's, honestly, there's, like, maybe, like, two who really can, which is Beyonce and Adele, because no matter what, their fans are riding. Yeah. And maybe Nicki Minaj, because Nicki Minaj's fans, they ride yeah, no matter what. You could say that. But, like, other than that, like, well, I can't actually not take that back on Nicki. But those two, like, those two specifically, Beyonce and Adele, and maybe T-Swift. But most other artists, they have to do that little slow buildup. And rap, the difference is usually when there's a date, like, they don't really shift from it. Like, there's no real shift on that date. I can't think of, like, and recently it, 
artists who shift on a date too often. I kind of feel like no, with, with streaming, it matters less because it's like, oh, it's out now. I can just go listen to it. Whereas, like, when if you had to buy a physical copy, it is kind of really important. Like, do you have buildups so you know when it's coming out? It's not just like, it's out now, you know? Yeah, in the streaming age, it does matter less, I think. It's easier now to also release, too, because, like, yeah. you get to, when you're doing streaming, you can literally, like, keep the album as long as you can. And then, like, you can, like, Big Sean said that he when he did I Decided, that he literally finished it the day he put it on streams for it to be streamed. Wow. So, so he's putting, like, the final, finally, yeah, finalized you, touches yeah, on you it. you could do that for as long it. as you want. Like, back in the day, it'd be like, yeah, they'd put the finalized touches on it, like, a month before. And then, Weird. so they had to ship them out and then get the disc and all that. So it's a lot easier nowadays. Anyways, so we're looking forward to some releases. Kendrick won a Pulitzer. And uh, I don't know, really know what to think about it. What do you guys, what do you guys have to say? I don't know how much became I, the first non-classical or jazz artist to receive the honor. Yeah, considering that I'm not familiar with the Pulitzer for music, really in general. I, know, I mean, I'm familiar with the Pulitzer in terms of like journalism. Yeah. So I don't know how much value this has compared to other music awards. I it's exciting that he's the either. first one to win it, considering he's so different from everything else that's won it. Yeah. But I don't know, like, how. Yeah, what it's this definitely means. something out of the blue. I know the, they gave something to Bob Dylan last year. Literature, and he denied it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so this poetry. is like, I don't know what they're trying to do over there at the board. Like, no one cares. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> like, outside of journalism, it's like, yeah, I don't no know. No one really cares. cares. Uh, and they they said the they made a Snapchat filter for it and everything. Really? Yep. It was like Kendrick wins the Pulitzer. Here are my thoughts. Kind of a, like those Snapchat filter things that they make whenever yeah. something big happens. Maybe it was a publicity thing then. It must. I think been. maybe because like I'm not like you said. I'm not saying it's not super exciting that he was the first of the genre to win because it is. But like it is kind of questionable, like the awards importance with music, like you guys were just saying, and the fact that it was blown out to be this huge thing where it was like, I feel like yesterday all I saw were like articles about it and Snapchat filters about it, and it became a big thing. Do you, did he say anything on it? Because I'm curious to know how big of a deal he thought it was. I saw a lot of other people. Yeah, I, didn't I saw hear other really people blown up, but I didn't really see anything from Kendrick being like, and in case thoughts on it. you wanted to know what the board said about it, uh, damn specifically, they said it's a virtuosic song collection unified by its vernacular authenticity and rhythmic dynam- dynamism that offers affecting vignettes capturing the complexity of modern African-American life. Mm. So, I mean, that's not wrong, but I'm just curious because, like, to pimp a butterfly, if they're looking for something that truly represents an artistic look at basically the same thing like modern or past african-american life like i think that's a better representation of that i don't know you tell that me. comes down i think that also then comes down to like your personal preference with kendrick true a- absolutely yeah. some people i feel like i hear really mixed opinions on damn i feel like people really? either love damn or they were super unimpressed with it like yeah i've heard versus that as well. his his past really? stuff yeah. so i think it just depends on who you ask. It's a good point, though, because To Pimp a Butterfly is super good, too, but just depends on what Kendrick album you... What do you think? I mean, just uh, To Pimp a Butterfly... T-P-A-B, because I don't feel like saying the full name. That uh, the Kendrick albums, for me, a lot of times don't catch me when they first drop, because I like a lot of times I feel like they're sometimes like not boring, but like... They're, yeah. Yeah, like it's I, too I feel much like... of a... like like. 
I was the same way with yeah, Damn and Pippa Butterfly. Yeah, and it makes me like yeah. feel like, oh man, like you want me to go out and march or something, but like, dude, I'm tired. So like, <laughs> my gosh, it's like then, a slow burn. Yeah, yeah, then they'll catch me later on. I'm like, oh, this is actually a great, uh, you know, thing. Like when yeah. he dropped, uh, what was that? That Untitled on Master. Like I yeah. didn't like that. And I didn't like that either. And then I listened back, and there was the Levitate, and then uh, Untitled Two or something. Yeah, I still both really good. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. But yeah, so I mean, good for you, Kendrick. good for him. Yeah. He's yeah. Kung Fu Kenny. First one with the Pulitzer. Either way, <laughs> making history is a is an awesome thing. So yeah. Uh, in pretty terrible news, uh, I didn't really want to mention this, but I feel like it's important for the victims. R. Kelly is still an asshole. Um, he's facing a new allegation of sexual yep. misconduct uh, from a former partner who claims he intentionally infected her with an STD in Dallas. According to her lawyer, the unnamed woman was the victim of unlawful restraint during her 11th month relationship with the singer. Uh, if you guys remember, it is claimed that Kelly attempted to make uh, the women, the woman a member of the sex cult he's alleged say, to have run. I was going to say, isn't he there in was, a sex cult right now? There was a story that came out last year. It was a huge report by BuzzFeed that basically said R. Kelly allegedly is the leader of a sex cult. It's incredibly abusive, and people like get trapped in it. Very weird shit. That's the lightest R. Kelly story, by the way. That... I mean the sex cult one. I just wanted Didn't to bring it some, in because uh, some other celebrity come out and like publicly call him. He's some had real so bad many he's over this specific incident. He's yeah. pissed on an underage girl, yeah. and that's not an allegation. It's on videotape, <laughs> and he beat the case. So any of the things he's that are killing dude. doesn't he's like mean the worst anything. Of the worst. Like it doesn't mean anything at all. Like. The fact that we literally, he's still allowed to cook is, like, wild to me. Like, the fact that I still see people get up and, you know, you hear the remix to Ignition and you just, like, screw it. Who cares? He literally, like, okay, I just watched Trapped in the Closet. I was going to (laughs) say, don't get me wrong. Trapped in the Closet is great. And it hurts me because I watched it and it is so damn good. And it it really hurts how how talented he, he really is. It is crazy. But like I said, he literally pissed on a girl who was un- like six, maybe sixteen. I don't care. I don't give a damn. She was underage. He pissed on her, and not only did he beat the case on tape. This is on videotape. Like he's, and it's a sex tape. He's on the video. Like it's clearly him. Not only did he beat the case. Not only did he beat it. We still let him cook, and he came out with remix to Ignition, and we didn't give a damn. Two steps uh, in the name, step in the name of love. Didn't give a. F- I mean, didn't give a damn. <laughs> he just, all, like, all of his music, we just didn't give a... He made a song for Aaliyah, who was 16 when he married her, called AJ Nothing But a Number. And his little 16-year-old wife sung AJ Nothing But... Oh, sorry. 15-year-old wife sung AJ Nothing But a Number. And we let him cook over it. He ain't in jail for marrying a 15-year-old. We're fine about that. We're fine with him pissing on a girl. There's The sex coat took it right off the edge for everyone. Like, well, yeah. Like, I mean, the cult's one hell of a story, but also I think people kind of just hushed and forgot everything else. That, How do you forget? Like, I mean, I think everyone knew he pissed on that. There's, like, there's layers. He, to, made it, he made it in a Macklemore. So, yeah. <laughs> you know. There's layers of wrongness with that situation. A, you shouldn't be pissing on people. Well, you shouldn't be pissing on women. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You no, shouldn't no, whoa, be pissing whoa, whoa, whoa. on no underage no women. No kink shaming. No kink shaming. You didn't even let me get to my layer thing. Yeah, but okay, you started with a bad layer. Took that was kink shaming. me five minutes to get the sentence out, and then I was interrupted again. Kink shaming. 
It's fine though. Let's just keep going. No, go for it. No, we good. We good, Don't bro. Don't kink shame people that are into pee. Just kink shame if they're into peeing on people that are not of age. Correct. I'm trying to say some stuff about R. Kelly, and you still have to be like, nope, wrong. No, okay. Kink shaming. <laughs> I was like, about R. Kelly pissing on someone, and you're like, don't kink shame. <laughs> I will say it. <laughs> I'm done. Never mind. <laughs> we have lit a man who is about 40-something-year-old wear a, a freaking backpack and get on TV and say, and do an interview with a man, and when they asked him, "Do you uh, are you friends with uh, teenagers?" When he, he's his re- his reply to that is, "Now, nah, when you say teenage, how old are we talking? <laughs> what do you like? He's, I am <laughs> like friend, it matters. He, I am friends with some teenagers. This is and this is the man who we just let just live on. He's literally called the Pied Piper of the R&B. Yeah. If you know what the Pied Piper is in folklore, it's the person who plays his little instrument and he carries off to kids to the forest and they disappear. So R. Kelly carries off people, sorry, children, off to the forest and they disappear musically. And we don't give a damn. Can you we tell me do. your layer thing? We're still concerned about kink shaming, though. Remember? We're not. We're don't not. do we're that. Not. We're not. You didn't we're say not. R. Kelly. You just said people. And I just wanted to clarify that we are open-minded here. <laughs> well, if you like Pete, we love it. It's I think fine. this is a music podcast, and so we're going to continue talking about music. Yep. Some other news, which is a nice segue <laughs> into our topic today. The Fire Festival. Do you guys remember the Fire Festival? The yeah, failed, hold on, terrible... Hold on, hold on a second. Hannah, did you have something to say? I was well, trying so hard to segue here. <laughs> no, sorry, continue. I thought she was going to say something. She's got something. <laughs> okay. So the Fire Festival is getting its own docuseries that's coming to Hulu. Really? Yeah. The story of it is going to be told. It'll be streaming in 2019. It's still untitled, but it's going to feature interviews with inside sources that range from the local Bahamians that were there, stranded festival goers, vendors, and investors. And it's going to include never-before-seen footage from the Ultra Music Festival, a brainchild, not sorry, Ultra Luxury Music Festival is what it was supposed to be, which is obviously a brainchild of entrepreneur Billy McFarland and rapper Ja Rule. Ja. So. And I want to let you comment first. I remember when that story came out. That was. was I'm good. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate your concern. Anna's cracking her knuckles, folks. So if you see Tom get hit in the face during this show, it was it was definitely it was him. But all because of R. Kelly. All because of R. Kelly. No. Okay. Just to be clear, I wasn't defending R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I was defending not. people that want to get freaky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fire festival. I want to get these jokes off first. That was an amazing time in my life when all those people went out there for those, those crazy prices to get cheese sandwiches that weren't even cooked. It was just two pieces, two pieces of bread and a che- an American cheese. And then Rule on a boat like, yo, I don't know what's going on out there, man. They, just, they thought Lil Yachty was going to perform. They had you did, If you saw that list of artists that were supposed to perform, it was amazing. It was and massive, they, yeah. And they got there, and they didn't even have a place to put their luggage at. Like, it was bad. Yeah, I was like, this is an interesting story, but also it's like, people are like, oh, they're rich, who cares? But it's like, some of that stuff was, like, pretty messed up. Could you imagine paying all that money getting there, not having, like, a place to sleep or anything to eat, and then not being able to leave? 
Like that's that's sucky. They were getting cheese sandwiches I, in the church in the church take home plates. They were like and then, and then the tents were like disaster, like FEMA tents yeah. that like weren't able to hold, you know, thousands of festival goers. <laughs> I could have swore I said FEMA on the side. So I can't wait to watch this. I'm very, very intrigued. Fire I wish they would make like a podcast out of it, to Fire be honest. Fest produced by FEMA. <laughs> Honestly. So bad. I'm pretty sure Billy McFarland, the entrepreneur, is getting sued or is in prison. Oh, oh no, he got sued. Or he's battling it right now in court or he's in prison. One of the two. I think he went to prison, actually, for like a lot. I think he has like 40 years under his belt now. That lead up was amazing. Like, I remember the lead up to uh, Fire Fest. Everybody was like, man, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be fire. Literally, it was fire. It was a hell. Man, that was a dumpster fire. Almost was that. Like, I wasn't, like, I was there, but, like, I had the only nice villa. Like, I was the only one who was doing good. Like, like I knew that it was going to be trash. Sitting on, like, your floaty, like, Yeah, and I'm just looking hey. at them, like, wow, look at you poor folks. I got my grilled cheese over here. <laughs> oh, they had just cheese and bread. Have you ever ate, a, a, like, a cheese sandwich that wasn't cooked? Uh, no, I definitely have It not. ain't fun, dude. <laughs> they had some craft singles and just smacked them on some bread and was, like... I think there was lettuce too. Yeah, there was <laughs> lettuce. There was. I remember they were like, and they're probably like, where, imagine saying, where's Lil Yachty at? While you're eating your cheese and lettuce sandwich. Oh, man. So that's where we are. It got now. cold in the Bahamas. Yeah. Which them. is a great segue into what we're talking about, which is festivals. So Coachella's yeah. happening right now. Weekend one just got over. Did you guys watch it at all? Okay, no. hear about like, it? I, I heard about it. I heard about the Beyonce thing. It was apparently amazing. Yes. And that. Uh, Mace Ramsey got pulled on stage, and I was gonna watch it, and then I just didn't. Same. <laughs> I literally. Forgot I was like, I'll about catch it. him next weekend. Yeah, weekend two is coming up this weekend. But yeah, I I was like, you know, I've got stuff I gotta do. Who's Otherwise, the headliner for uh, next week? I wish I could tell you. Uh, I honestly don't know. I was, Haven't looked ahead. It's not the weekend. I know that because he already performed. Yeah, and it wasn't Eminem who didn't get broadcasted. Uh, I so did have fun. a chance to watch Odessa, which was really nice. Their performance was spectacular. I watched Brockhampton. Mm. They killed it. Um, I've been listening to so much Brockhampton lately. I just like so to put good. that out there. They're so I've good. been jamming. They they did really. You should watch their Coachella set. Yeah, for sure. If you can find it. Right. Um, then yeah, Weathan brought out Mason Ramsey. Watch that. That was pretty dope. <laughs> well, uh, hold on. Before we jump in, I want to ask you guys. So you, none of you guys care about the big fight that happened this weekend with Bad Baby and Woe Vicky? No, I don't we're know. skipping. I don't skipping know who that story. That I saw it is, so I don't and care. I said, "Nope." We just don't want to talk about no. the beef. No, it doesn't the, matter. The Irrelevant. Irrelevant, Amir. Wow. It, trash. Man. In the trash. Wow, you guys really don't care about her throwing a Gucci flip flop at someone? Shut up. We're talking about festivals now. <laughs> Back to Coachella. Wow. Where Bad Bobby was we're not, not at. Covering the real story because on she's this a podcast. fake artist. Anyways, <laughs> we're gonna look at a. She's on tour. My damn it. Uh, my boy Black Bear was at Coachella oh, last week. Yeah, he performed here last year. I freaking year. love he Black did. Bear. His uh his um Instagram post said that there was over 100k in attendance. Which is pretty, like, is it average or is that more than usual? Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't no, know because I don't know statistics on Coachella. Uh, no, but. they normally get about 200,000 people <laughs> for um, for the weekend or for... For, for both like, weekends? Yeah, like total, like the total sum. Okay. 
So they're probably. Yeah, I think most people go. Better. Yeah. So hundred thousand doesn't seem like it'd be far off okay. for a certain show. Well, before Coachella, there was the the Pythian Games at Delphi. These we're going way back. We're going like these are like the dark ages. So we're going into like the start. We're looking at of it from recorded the start. music festivals. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure some some Neanderthals were like you know hoo hoo ha ha. And that was a music festival but in yeah. front of, you know, the 50 other Neanderthals. So, but yeah, basically, I was just going to say that. Going down recorded <laughs> history here. I mean, <laughs> you know, it could have right. happened. So, I'm going to... Pull a bear up there, the bear shouts or something, you know? So, folks, this is the part of the podcast where we're about to do a history lesson into the music festivals. As, like we said earlier, a topic this week is music festivals. So I don't know who did the most research on this first one because I didn't do any research. Grant, this is all Grant. So this is Grant right now, and we're going to pass it over. Thanks for the clarification. No I appreciate problem. it. So the Pythian Games were one of the four Panhellenic Games of Ancient Greece. Mm. These were like 500 B.C., and music festivals were often held as competitions. Mm. So it's often like one of the earliest festivals known in terms of music. Uh, there were other festivals later on uh, that have been going on since 1400, 1500 to now, including the Fiera della Fregonola in Italy or the Annaberger Cat in Germany. Those guys have been going on for a long time. The oldest outdoor music festival in the USA is the Ravinia Festival, which started in 1904. Uh, in Ravinia's Park, first summer of 1905, it hosted the New York Philharmonic. And the Prairie Style Martin Theater dates from this time period. It has been the summer home, actually, of the Chicago Symphony Orchestra since 1936. So that's where we start, basically, in the U.S. And from there, uh, we have a few more. Isn't that right? Yeah, yes. we have, um, if you're looking at like some earlier ones, a big one is the Newport Jazz Festival. Um in 1954, the Newport Jazz Festival in Rhode Island became the first annual jazz festival with over 11,000 in attendance. It grew and actually featured some pretty um, iconic names like Billie Holiday, Louis Armstrong, Ella Fitzgerald, Miles Davis, and it still takes place every year. And then I also wanted to mention, because I think it's in, definitely important to mention when you're talking about jazz, um, New Orleans and everything that um, happens down there. They have some pretty cool festivals there. Have one called the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, also known as Jazz Fest. Um, it's happening this year, April 27th through May 6th, but it has been happening since April of 1970. Um, yeah, and that's just like a really, it's a really cool thing to attend for New Orleans heritage and culture. I actually wrote down some other smaller ones that happened there that I thought sound really cool. A newer one they have is the Voodoo Music and Arts Experience. They started having that in the 90s. Um, and that, you know, combines some of the best of New Orleans culture as well with the jazz and with the, um, the voodoo history they have there. Um, they have another thing called Satchmo Summerfest, um, which is like it's an annual music festival also held in New Orleans in celebration of jazz trumpeter Louis Armstrong, specifically. <laughs> um, it's held in early August um, in order to coincide with August 4th, which is Armstrong's birthday. So you see nice. a lot of those festivals um, honoring similar artists like Armstrong and Mal Davis and just lots of good um, 
soul and jazz people in general to start off the American festivals. Yeah, that's that's kind of so. You said that wasn't even the first like American music festival, but it was kind of like the beginning of festivals, um, like, music festivals as we know, as we them. know them today. Yeah, um, and so that kind of leads us to the Newport Folk Festival, um, which was actually founded by the same guy that founded the Jazz Festival, um, George Ween, and he uh, so he founded this one after um, and he. So he I need to grow You don't up. like Ween? Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry. And so, anyways, this festival is uh, recognized for bringing pretty legendary figures to the eyes of the like the larger public in the United States, um, people like Joan Baez and Bob Dylan. Um, and the festival is also connected with the 1960s blues revival and is featured, uh, excuse me, and has featured such names as Johnny Cash. Um, it, it's since expanded to include reggae, rock, and some indie artists, and that still happens to this day. And um, before we get to some, like, big ones everybody kind of knows are kind of more well-known, um, there's the Monterey International Pop Festival of 1967. And so though it's labeled as a pop festival, it's considered the first ever major rock festival. And the three-day festival was thrown together in just six weeks and was planned by a board of governors, which had names on it like Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney. Mm. Um, so with names like that backing it, there's no wonder um, it drew names like Otis Redding, The Who, Simon and Garfunkel, The Mamas and the Papas, The Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, and Jimi Hendrix. That's crazy. So pretty, pretty um, prominent lineup there. Mamas and the Papas. And just a year later, 1968, um, saw the birth of the Guinness World Records certified world's largest music festival, which is Summerfest. And so Summerfest is an annual music festival held in Milwaukee along the lakefront. It lasts for 11 days, has 11 stages, over 800 acts and over 1,000 performances. Typically, it sees about 800,000 to 900,000 attendees, but has seen crowds of over 1 million in a single day. And this is in Milwaukee? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the um, the festival grounds... Festival grounds... That's just insane to have that many people in Milwaukee. Yeah, the festival grounds are like 60 to 70 acres, something like that. Um, My God. Um, so Summerfest was started by the then mayor of Wisconsin, uh, uh, then mayor of Milwaukee, Henry Meyer, and was inspired by his trip to Oktoberfest, um, where he dreamed of a similar ethnic-themed festival in Milwaukee, which was retooled to become Summerfest. And Summerfest, um, over the years, has seen many monumentally huge artists like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Destiny's Child, Prince, The Beach Boys, Paul Simon, Metallica, Cher, and many others. Um, and so this kind of leads us to the, the real party, as I labeled it, which is Woodstock. Um, so we're going to jump forward a couple years to um, a dairy farm in Bethel, New York, uh, and a little festival you guys may have heard of called Woodstock. The organizers, which are... people do that. A little festival you might have yeah, heard of? I hate that. Like, <laughs> you know we've clearly heard about it, but it's fine. The, uh, the organize... Well, that's the thing is you guys hadn't heard of Summerfest, and that's like technically the yeah, but largest like, but one. Like Woodstock is like historically the most historic and legendary. I know you guys know what Woodstock is. Give well, me a break, Amir. <laughs> just saying, I just hate when people do that. All right, well, I'll make sure not to do it anymore. And you're also, I'm not going to do the Podcast 51 thing that I've been doing. Yeah, I... <laughs> if you want to hear how we feel about Adam Sandler and all his friends, listen to Podcast 51. What a nice an episode plug. <laughs> so, so going back into Wood, Woodstock, um, the organizers, Michael Lang, Artie uh, Kornfeld, Joel Rose, Rosenman, and John P. Roberts had anticipated about 200,000 people um, to show up uh, after selling about 186,000 advanced tickets. 
Um, How do you sell that many tickets in the '60s? Like they, um, so they actually sold them um, exclusively in New York, um, down like downtown New York areas or uh, some cities in New York, and then they did it through mail order uh, as well. But okay. that's a pretty insane uh, number. Just for, for without internet, yeah. You know. I don't know. That's a, that's a big number. And so it brought, you know, the biggest artists and cult, counterculture icons to one location. So people like Grateful Dead, The Who, Jimi Hendrix, and Janis Joplin. And so this is kind of considered a pivotal moment in music history uh, and a defining moment for the counterculture movement as a whole. And so the four guys had creative difference uh, differences. And at times there was even talks of whether they should kill the idea. But luckily they persisted. And in April of 1969, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival became the first act to sign uh, on for the event. Prior to this, um, signing the organi- the organizers, um, yeah, excuse me, prior to this signing, the organizers were having trouble finding acts um, to perform, big acts like CCR. And then once CCR jumped in, it sort of snowballed and they got all these other big names. But actually, um, CCR is like super bitter about this whole thing because they were then given a 3 a.m. start time. And, <laughs> what? They were, and they were totally omitted from the Academy Award winning 1970 documentary. Wow. Wait, why? And CCR is the stuff. Why? That's Who knows? Unfair. Well, probably if. Why would they get shafted? I have no idea. Depending on who, I would be pissed too. Unless there was something that they did that I don't know about. I don't think so. It might be the because of the artists, other artists that were on there end up being like gigantic. Like, but CCR was big at that time too. At that time, there wasn't Jimi Hendrix or Yeah Grateful Dead huge. Yeah, man. Yeah, Um, and so you may you might have heard that Woodstock was free, um, and that actually was a thing um, for a because of events that occurred. So despite them selling a great deal of tickets in advance, they had no way to anticipate that roughly half a million people would show up. Um, And with a crowd like that on a small farm, a relatively small farm in upstate New York, there was no way they could stop people from just like walking Mm. in. Um, And so they eventually just had to make it free. They call weapons. Okay, no. (laughs) Well, nowadays, yes. Hey, I'm talking about back then. They were so low on money though, prior to making it free that they had to make a decision on whether to put their remaining funds into the stages and the ticket booths um, or into the, excuse me, into the stages or to the ticket booths and the fences. But the immense crowd forced their hands since they um, just could not get everybody to pay and stop them from walking in. And so in the end, the promoters were nearly bankrupt because they weren't making any money um, and they barely broke even, even uh, broke even, uh, even including the release of the documentary um, and by selling recording rights. Are we going to talk about uh, the, the – there was a – I think there was a music festival later on that the Rolling Stones did where they hired the Hells Angels as their security. And that, that was not a music left. festival. That was just a concert, wasn't oh, that was it? That was just a concert? I'm not from – I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, no. That's, we're, we're not going to talk about that. That's a stain <laughs> on music history right there. Um, Went left. But uh, to put this into perspective, how massive this crowd was and how many people, excuse me, how people were just not prepared, the New York governor at the time, Nelson Rockefeller, considered sending 10,000 National Guard troops um, to the uh, (laughs) festival, and Sullivan County, where it was located, declared a state of emergency. Um, And despite this, um, the festival was astonishingly peaceful, and only two deaths came from the event. One was from insulin usage, and one was from someone being run over by a tractor after sleeping in a neighboring farm field. That's the way to go. (laughs) You get to see all your favorite artists, and then you get ran over by a tractor. 
And on Monday, August 18th, Jimi Hendrix was the last to perform at 8.30 in the morning. Um, this is because of considerable <laughs> rain delays. The that audience so at the cool. time was only about 30,000 people, but that didn't stop um, his iconic two-hour set, which featured his now-famous rendition of the Star-Spangled Banner mm-hmm. and his white leather jacket and red headscarf. Um, and so that's all really interesting, but I think it'd be... I think it's kind of interesting to think about how big it was and how much bigger it could have been um, because of those that declined an invitation. Mm -hmm. Um, People like Simon and Garfunkel, Led Zeppelin, The Bird, Chicago, Frank Zappa, The Doors, Joni Mitchell, Jethro Tull, and The Rolling Stones all declined for various reasons. Mm -hmm. Jethro Tull is one I wanted to highlight because I thought his interesting, their, their reason for declining was really interesting. So, they declined because their frontman, Ian Anderson, reportedly did not like hippies and was concerned with <laughs> nudity, heavy drinking, and drug use. I'm like, that guy sounds like real fun at parties. <laughs> he is fun. He's a good guy. And Bob Dylan, who lived in the area, was reportedly very annoyed with all the hippies gathering in the area. And so I'm like, well, <laughs> Bob Dylan is such a turd. Yeah. Oh. Yes, he declined the, first of all, we're going future, he, present, he declined the, he's not dead. He's not? No. Bob Dylan's not dead. No. For real? He's really not. He's still performing, even. Yeah, he's still alive. Who died then? Not Bob a Dylan. A lot of people. <laughs> no, okay. Who was it that died Who recently? Died Tom then? Petty. Tom Petty. I always get yeah. them mixed up. They're the same person to me. Um. Well, they're very different, but okay. <laughs> but after, so after that, um, in 1969, the owner of the farm, Max Yasger, r- refused to rent out his farm again for the 1970 revival, um, though he did look favorably upon the festival, considering it a victory of love and peace. And voters in the town of Bethel voted out their supervisor um, for allowing the festival to come to their town. And 80 lawsuits were filed against the organizer's company, Woodstock Ventures, <laughs> mostly by farmers in the area. Um, and the movie helped to finance, uh, the movie that was made helped to finance $1.4 million in debt that they accrued from it all. That's insane. Yeah. I, I would have loved to have gone despite all the muddy mess that it was um, just because yeah. it's iconic. Yeah, it I saw it. Shout out to whatever poor farmer was just trying to drive his tractor yeah. that day. <laughs> trying to farm Just trying to Woodstock. farm and he ran somebody over. That's, I saw that's that. There's also two birds. Yeah, right? I was going to say, I saw that two babies were born at Woodstock. Like, <laughs> one was in a car because the traffic was outrageous and I don't remember the other one, where the other one was. Well, yeah. like, don't get me wrong. Woodstock is great. But it's nowhere close to iconic as Woodstock 2000. Okay. Well, that was iconic for different reasons. For music. For a, a lot of reasons. Uh, for music. Externally, I'll outside be honest, of music. I'm not familiar with Woodstock. Was, you don't know about Woodstock I did research into that, and it was known for crime. Yes, it was. Lots of violence. Lots That's of bad solid. stuff happened there, including great music. But, you know. Forcefulness. Okay, stop. That's one of the things, but okay. I thought we were gonna talk about Woodstock 2002. Well, we're not at that chronologically yet. So yeah, if you want to talk about it, you can throw it in. But once Woodstock we get there. is awesome. It was a fun time. There was a lot of people who performed that are awesome. It isn't also Woodstock '99. Oh, 1999. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My uh, my parents are are pretty old for like my age, and I still feel cheated that my mom didn't go to Woodstock. Cause she was kind of like, she was almost a teenager at the time. So she could have definitely went, and she didn't, even though she saw the majority of those artists live just at different events. Mm. But it sounded like a good time. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So moving forward from Woodstock, let's fast forward to 1991 and Lollapalooza. And it was created by Jane's Addiction singer Perry Farrell as their farewell tour for the band. 
Um, it ran annually. Well, it kind of became something different, and it ran annually until 1997. It was then revived in 2003, whereupon it toured America. This kind of touring aspect failed. In 2005, Farrell and the William Morris Agency partnered with C3 Presents and retooled it to its current format, which is a weekend festival located in Grant Park, Chicago. Um, as of 2011, Lollapalooza has also occurred outside the U.S. with festivals in Paris, Berlin, Sao Paulo, and Santiago. And the festival sees um, normally about 150,000 people over the course of the weekend. Hmm. I didn't know it was that recently made. Like, I thought it was one of the other ones that started way back in the 80s, 90s. That's what I thought, I thought too. Coming out with the name also, can't believe that Jean- in the 70s? I don't know. That's a 90s thing? It's definitely a 90s name. I, I didn't realize it was started by too. the. Yeah, Tom probably started it. <laughs> I didn't realize it was started by the guy from Jane's Addiction. That's kind of interesting to me, too. But that That's, kind of brings us to. Oh, did the band end up like, breaking up after that? I don't. Because uh, it was a fer- farewell thing. Um, I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> I feel like they're still making music, but I might have them confused with somebody else. See, now else. they've messed up the whole Lollapalooza meaning. <laughs> okay, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's not about that anymore anyways. But that brings us to Coachella. And actually, I want to mention right before Coachella, there was a little thing called the Vans Warped Tour oh, that yeah, started yeah, yeah. before uh, Coachella began. So we'll talk about it for a second. Now but deceased of Vans Warped. Good. We'll mention Rightfully that. Rightfully so. So the showcase of punk rock, alternative rock, all that good <laughs> stuff. It began in 1995, created by Kevin Lyman. Uh, the tour kicked off on June 21st at the Idaho Center in Boise, Idaho, and wow. traveled Everybody across North America punk rock. to its final show of the initial year in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, the tour continued since its debut, including an international tour beginning in 1998, and then the final year will be this year of the Warped Tour. But the festival did give light to bands like Blink-182, Fall Out Boy, My Chemical Romance, Limp Bizkit, and a lot of others. The Biscuit! I love Fred Durst. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> But it is the last year rolling, this year. Rolling, 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 You look rolling. like you got something to say Goodnight, about Warp Tour. No, you just expect me to have something to say about Warp Tour. You look like you had something to say. You seem Did like... you go? I mean, I, I'm not going <laughs> to hate on it as much as, like, everybody else here has been, but... I, I hate it, not because of the music, whatever. I love it. I don't like... The, whatever. I like punk rock, but whatever. Some of their bands blow. I don't like it because of, like, how its identity that it's been... It's been kind of reassociated with different things that are very much not so music, kind of like the the, the Woodstock that you were talking about in 1999, where it's like it's known for kind of rampant sexual assault well, and, no close and, to and, and violence. You also have to take into consideration but the type of music that Vans Warped Tour yeah. is showcasing. Is it that bad? Like 99? Oh, I'm talking about the Warped Tour. Oh, no, I don't know much well, about Warped Tour. Well, let's see, rather than like one year, Warped Tour is kind of known for that in general rather than just like one event. Oh, yeah, that one event was so bad that they just never did it again. All right, would you continue? Fred Durst performed okay, at Woodstock Okay, I swear to God, you keep interrupting. I have to reach <laughs> over there. Um, you have to consider the type of music that Vans Warped Tour is is showcasing. Um, a lot of it has become stuff that I wouldn't necessarily consider. Uh, some of it is punk. A lot of it's just emo. But um, That's fair. But punk music is known for aggressive concerts. I mean, they're yeah. known... If you go to a punk or even emo concert, most of the time, if you are anywhere near the front, like, there's going to be a mosh pit. Somebody's going to get hurt. I, I understand that. That but... happens at Vans. 
And I think it happens more than it should, but I think that a lot of it has to do with the fact that well, people purposely going go there knowing that it's aggressive music and it's going to be an aggressive crowd. See, mosh pits are one thing. Like, I understand that, but that doesn't really connect to, like, the sexual violence and assault aspect that no. is also connected with it, which I think is something different entirely. Like, yeah, that, like, mm-hmm. violence in a sense, like moshing and that kind of thing, that's been around you know, for forever, essentially, since and punk is, music and rock is music. It's highly associated yeah. with punk and rock. And so, so I guess it does kind of breed an aggressive atmosphere already, but, like, sexual assault, you're like, oh, come on. No, there's not there's not an excuse for that. I just think that a lot of it does have to do with, with the type of music and with... <clears throat> I think that... I don't know. I think it's sad in a lot of ways that it's dying because there are not very many famous, successful outlets for alternative music because it's just that. It's alternative music. So it's not going to get as much limelight as, as pop music is going gonna, is gonna to be, is going to get. And I think that Van's Warp Tour was one of the most successful places where alternative bands could really go and be seen and be heard. And um, there were some bad things that came with it, but I think it gave light to a lot of Bands that were legendary for the genre, like Blink, has been mentioned, and I have some friends. I have never went personally, been invited quite a few times, but um, I have some friends that have some really positive experiences at at, at Warped. So. I, I'm sure many people do. Yeah. Not, it's not that it's all bad, but I think why it is, is it dying? Probably because of all the bad stuff that's associated with. I would assume. Also, because it's a traveling festival, and those generally are have a hard time surviving. Yeah. Mm. Is that all we have on Warped Tour then? Everyone looks at me, I swear. <laughs> I did come in wearing my distressed Green you Day shirt. You were in a Green today. Day shirt, so yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, rest in peace. I um I almost went to school for for live lighting and sound production and the school that I went to has ties with uh, Warped Tour, so I was I was going to end up working with them, and I was excited for that when it was at a point in my life, so mm. rip. <laughs> you had the times of your life, though. I mean, I didn't get to go. <laughs> you caught that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I got the reference. Yeah. I just... So, well, now we'll move on to Coachella. On one positive note, though, I do think that a lot of those bands, um, alternative music, and pop punk music in general have become way more popular, so they may not need outlets like that festival quite as much as they used to in the past because they are a lot more successful number-wise than they used to be in the past. So mm-hmm. it, I don't think it's going to hurt anyone severely. So that's, yeah. that's positive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're at Coachella now. Uh, Coachella kicked off in 1999 in Indio, California. Uh, Paul Tullett and Rick Van Satten co-founded the event. The idea for the festival dated back to a Pearl Jam concert in 1993 that was performed in Indio, California, and the show showed the venue's optimization as a large-scale area. The co-founders scouted a lot of sites looking for somewhere to house this festival that they had an idea for and chose Indio because of that concert that they saw. Um, The first show in 1999 went from October 9th 9th to October 10th, and Beck, Tool, Rage Against Machine, and a lot of others performed over the two days. And tickets were only 50 bucks per day. Mm. And attendance was less than the founder's 70,000 people goal, which is... That seems like a very high goal. Today. Yeah. I mean, but you do have, you know, like Rage and Tool and a bunch of others <laughs> that are there. I mean, it's hardcore fan bases. Um, 
the event kind of contrasted with Stock 99 that was going on at the same time, uh, which was becoming known very quickly for the amount of violence. Of weather being being there, the terrible weather, um, the (laughs) alleged sexual assaults and rapes that occurred at 99. Coachella was looked at as like the opposite, the antithesis of like just a happy-go-lucky music festival. And uh, Jeez, I hope nobody ruins that. Yeah. Wait, what is it? Because all these peace it. festivals, like these ones that are doing well, like Coachella, for example, because that's what you were just saying. Yeah. They have so many people in attendance. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the whole feeling rep. of peace, especially like trying to re... <laughs> trying to remake... <laughs> A scene like Woodstock, like that, that can only carry on as long as people let it. And unfortunately, like when they tried to do like the '99 version of of Woodstock and things like Warp Tour, like mm-hmm. um, the peaceful scene can only carry on until somebody does something crazy and stupid. So I think it's great. I was just thinking out loud there that yeah. I hope I hope that nobody ruins that. Yeah, I hear you. Bring the right artists. Yeah, don't bring like people like Limp Biscuit there. Hey. Cuz no, that's what happened in 99. Fred Durst got on stage and was like basically incited a riot. Yeah, and he incited a riot and, and a bunch of like fires started <laughs> in the crowd. Yeah, I think it does have a lot to do with the artists that you bring. That was a small comment I was going to make when we were talking about when we were talking about Warp because some of the artists if you bring artists that have band members that are just a-holes they're going to do a-hole things. I mean, like, so while we're here, we can also talk about Woodstock 99. So do you know like the kind of people that performed there? No, they, you, don't. Like, they clearly don't. Insane Clown Posse was there. Oh, Corn of a Juggalo. The Corn. Offspring. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Moby made an appearance. That seems very contra- contrasting. Ice to Cube was there. Everclear. Yeah. Kid Cube. Rock. Uh, back Kid when he was Rock. not a country artist. Uh, the Dave Matthews <laughs> Band, Counting Crows. Then the <laughs> back to back, you had Alanis Morissette and then fight. Limp Biscuit. And then you had Rage Against the Machine, and then you had Metallica all at the same stage. Okay, I want to go. That Saturday. sounds like a party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a party, all right. Uh, you also had like Megadeth, Godsmack. Oh, was it Red a rock Hot Chili Peppers? This is like hard, full on. You're going most. I mean, there's a lot of big names here. in like rock, rock and metal, but then you had like Willie Nelson was there. It, it was very <laughs> weird. Fa- Creed, Creed was him. there. Yeah. I was still over corn. But uh, there was a lot of bad things that happened. You don't there. like corn? I, I'm biased on corn. I have, yeah, we won't get into that. No, I don't. I don't so, like corn. No, that's kind of the history we're going to get. The fact they had all at. those like metal bands and then they had Counting Crows. Yeah. <laughs> you know who's not going to start a fight? Counting, Counting Crows. <laughs> Creed isn't either. They love God. That's all yeah. they want. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's kind of where the history stops, at least for us right now. But we do have a lot of other festivals that are going on right now. Actually, I want to say something else about Coachella. Else. Um, was that. Now we know it's two weekends, but it didn't. It originally existed as um, two days. They added a third day later on. And actually, the year after that, two thousand, they didn't even they didn't have enough funding to do it. And so the way it now year yeah. to two thousand one and start it, which is yeah. But just some just some stats, I guess, Go um, is that they see about two hundred fifty thousand in attendance, like we said. Um, but it's like super super profitable. In twenty seventeen, it made over a hundred million dollars in profits. Wow. And so, yeah, and obviously we know some of the huge artists that get seen there, Beastie Boys, Iggy Pop, Madonna, Daft Punk, Beyonce. I, if you say something about Beastie Boys, we're going to square off right here. I didn't say anything. You, he smiled. 
<laughs> well, let's move past Big, big artists and a lot yes. of money. Yes, a lot of big names. Uh, there's also our uh, festivals like Bonnaroo, another big festival. It's in Nashville. There's Firefly in Delaware, the Faster Governor's Ball. Horses. I'll get to that. Sasquatch, Hangout, Ultra, South by Southwest, Bumbershoot. Have you guys heard of some of these? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Arfana, South by whatever. Southwest is like half music festival, half arts festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It just kind of started. Um, and then in Michigan, specifically, there's Electric Forest. There's the Movement Festival in Detroit. Um, there's Faster Horses. Yeah. Yes. And then there's Mall Pop is another <laughs> big one. Shut up. <laughs> Baby, lock the doors and turn the lights down low. So Michigan has a really good scene in its own, actually, for festivals. And that's just like the big ones. There's a lot of tiny jazz music festivals and stuff like that. Wheatland is one of them, yeah. Birthday so. Bash. There's a lot when out I- there. When I first read that um, the Electric Forest Festival was something people came in from all over the world to see, I was a bit skeptical, I guess, just because it's a Michigan festival. But then I read that the tickets for Electric Forest sold out this year before the lineup was even announced. It's the biggest besides the Ultra. The tickets sold out before the lineup was even the lineup was even announced, and Besi- I was like, yeah. "Geez." Besides okay. Ultra, it's the biggest like electronic music festival. Yeah. What's the one in Vegas? Uh, like Electric the- Daisy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Electric Daisy. I hear so like those of, three are like the biggest electronic ones. So yeah, I don't know. That's, I hear that's what I Forest know. Fam. Yes. Said by lots of people, it's a thing. Yes. It's EDM music mainly, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so yeah, no, that's a that's that a big scene. thing, and it sold out this year before people even knew what they were buying tickets for. And it's in Rothbury, Michigan, in the middle of of Forest. It's, that would be appropriate I go for so Forest badly. Fam. Yeah. I tried to go last year, but I didn't. So, I don't know if we're gonna talk. about but I have questions. So what is a festival girl? I okay. don't have an answer I'd like for to you. hear not, your guys' opinion because I didn't write this down. There's not like a solid answer. I wrote like what about the development. So that's kind of like EDM festivals kind of was more what it's associated with now considering those are like well, some yeah. of the biggest festivals. Yeah. Festival Which started girls, out as like raves and yeah. shit, you know. Are girls that like go to these scenes specifically for – and like wearing – sometimes no clothing and like going for that reason or to like do drugs and that kind of thing and it's like they're going for the party scene what is that face you're going <laughs> it's like people that are going festival girls entirely specifically is associated with like a lot of nudity and drug use you and don't not, think not, there's not, some guys going, going to that festival just for sex and drugs i'm saying Absolutely. that's not a festival girl that's why i said specifically they're not called festival girls if they're not girls <laughs> But there's probably some sexism there. Um, but it's like that's kind of like people that are going for the scene rather than the music. Do you, you, well, it's more like a culture. They're going. They're like part of the culture. Not so much like they're not going to go there to see. I don't know. But name name an electronic artist. Like, Louis the Child. Yeah, they're not going to go there to see that. They're just going to go there to meet other people that like the same type of like vibe and music. Because mm-hmm. it's a very big like offshoot culture thing. Uh, speaking of, Lewis is coming to Summerfest this year. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Good shit. So what are festival dudes? I don't think that's a, really a thing. Oh, no, of course uh, not. Well, I mean, wow. it's not. It's a thing, but it's oh. not like a, a doesn't have like a name. Like it's, a title. Yeah, it's not coined anything, you know? I will say with the culture of festivals rising and um, girls see, like who really does seem to grow in popularity that people are going and having fun with the atmosphere as much as the mm-hmm. artists. Because, I mean, how else would it sell out that before it the even... The clothing, I think, is a big thing yeah. with the with the scene. I, um, just on, like, Instagram and other internet outlets, have seen, like, 
newer clothing stores popping up either solely or primarily just for what they refer to as festival clothing mm-hmm. because it's like it's its own it's its own like it's its genre own of thing of it's lots everything. of um rhinestones and glitter yep. and bright colors yep. and and partial people, nudity impartial nudity <laughs> i don't know i think one of the best things that i think about like festivals and have always been like this is because it's just like in live music that's why I'm so passionate about live music is an atmosphere of acceptance like you want to come in a bikini you're fine yeah it's kind of like an anything goes you want to come you know with with whatever you have going on with you that is sometimes frowned upon by like society like it's it's fine at the festival we're all here to just listen to music and love each other and give each other some glitter. Sleep in a van. <laughs> Let's have a good time. Well, that's what I was going to say is that Festival Girl is also, like, a relatively modern term. But you're telling me that people, like, weren't doing this at Woodstock, too? Like, one it of the reasons that Jethro... just didn't back then. Yeah, one of the reasons yeah. Jethro Tull denied was because of a fear of nudity. So it's like people were getting freaky fear then still. They just weren't... It was just like... There wasn't now, as many cameras, of, I guess, there. Because of the internet... It has allowed us to turn, like, so-called festival girls into a thing <laughs> that can be profited from and all these clothing stores and all of these, you know, trending things on Twitter. Profit from in other ways, too. Oh, okay. Oh. Explain. Just, like, the sexuality of it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. A big wow. market for a lot of people. I think that if... <laughs> I mean, you're not lying. Like, if you are an Instagrammer girl or an Instagram model... Yeah. More so. Yeah, use the you go there. Term. You use, you know, the clothing. I don't. You don't like, need festival clothing to do that. Exactly. No, not necessarily. But it's a reason to though. It's another that. way to get someone to you like ad, sponsor you and yeah. you sell ads, and it is like a business. He's not wrong. I mean, yeah. It's With all kind of social media influencers, yes, yeah. women, but lots of like I saw uh, like. Lots of people from the LGBTQ community really get into it, too. Like James Charles had a bomb outfit for mm. Coachella last weekend. So, yeah, I just think men and women, that part of it, Festival Girls has become a thing. But I think that it is positive. I think that it's a great place where people can go. And we have so much negativity about, um, about like, body consciousness in society now and to see people going and loving themselves and being open and being courageous with who they are and what they want to do i think that's awesome so yeah, yeah. so yeah a lot of young crowds like i was gonna go say to, to an extent but very, there's like, there's a problem when it comes to yeah, younger audiences as well. well i'm obviously when i speak i'm i'm trying to say like legal appropriate people yeah, the old well yeah i'm just saying like it does set a precedent though you know do you get what i'm saying like no, like it's every, not just, like it's not every just other thing on the internet are, sets a precedent for children. Yeah, but it's not just like eighteen-year-olds that are in up that are going to these festivals. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's the thing no, to explain. consider. So, I, that's all I had no, to say. Give, oh, I thought you were gonna go. But I also dive. think yeah, music festivals in general are like it's a very encourage m- a lot of people to be very open with a lot of things, not just necessarily their bodies, mm, like their minds. Mm, no. So just like to talk from experiences, I've been to Summerfest, and, like, while I was there, a couple of things, I, I saw, like, someone just, like, whip, just do a line in the middle of a concert. Oh. Uh, I saw someone do just, like, 
whip it out and just start peeing in the middle of the concert when we were all standing there. Oh, it's okay. like people don't care. You gotta go, you gotta and people, go. like underage people were like drinking right next to us, and you're like, I guess that's just happening. Oh. Yeah. How did like, you know they were underage? You can tell. You'd think they'd at least go in they their were feet children. In a tent to snort their line. Yeah. Well, was it Fire Festival? <laughs> You'd at least think they'd go in the FEMA tent. <laughs> they go in the FEMA tent. <laughs> Um, it's like even at those festivals, people will like buy like c- cigarettes and cigars and stuff like that, and just like pass them around to all their friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of like I it, think it does, that it, if you were good. a young person or someone who's not into that culture, you should be aware of what you are getting yourself into when you go. If that's not something yeah. you want to be around, mm-hmm. then well, yes, that's the thing. You though. don't go when you're too when you're that young. Can you really decide? Well, if you, I feel like such a dad when you, I was there, I was like, oh my gosh, how old are you? Stop it. <laughs> if you were that young, then what you're deciding, it should also be weighed in by, like, whoever is responsible for you yeah. legally. People don't always do that. Yeah. Well, then. Which I guess is not on the festival, but yeah, it's still. Yeah, it's not on the Hmm. Interesting conversation. It seemed like you were going to say something. No. No, I think, I just think there's a lot of things in the world yeah. that um, children are given a president for, and, um. Their parents should be involved, and sometimes they're not. But I think that there's there's countless amounts of things like that, um, including festivals. But we can't really keep children from these those yeah. things. We weren't kept from those things. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of how no. it happens. But I do see your point. Have I see. You, I see the point. So, have any of you guys been to music festivals? Uh no. But there's several that I've wanted to go to, but it's just a lot of money. Yes, the thing is that. So I can't speak from a ton of experience, but I have been to Summerfest, and Summerfest is actually, like, remarkably cheap. So I went for the full 11 days. Um, I didn't get to see, like, which I bought a... I feel like I'd get just dried out. Like, yeah, so I, I only, would just not... Well, so I, well, People I should thought say, he moved there. I, I, so <laughs> it's... And it was, like, it was kind of... I, I So I bought a pass for the 11 days, um, and it was only, like... 85 bucks and that got me to all the ground stage headliners which was pretty much everybody else except for like Tom Petty and Bob Dylan and but there's like a lot Red of big names there yeah huge names um that were not maybe not huge but a lot of big people like uh Lewis a child he's a ground stage headliner so you just pay they you just pay I, I always sorry I got, I got Lewis, I always I know um like he's a ground stage headliner this year like Bourne's He's a ground stage headliner this year. Um, Bleachers mm-hmm. was last year. Flume was mm-hmm. like Steve Aoki was. So it's like a lot of big names still. And then so I only paid eighty five bucks for that. And I still got to go for all the eleven days. I feel like if they'd raise it up even more though, it'd be like, yo, I'm gonna have to buy a hotel for eleven. Or did you guys stay in a hotel? No, I didn't. I stayed in my car. Uh, the person I stayed, I, I went with my girlfriend, and oh. she has family and uh, in a town that's close to Milwaukee. So oh, we just okay. commuted every day. Parking is expensive in down in Milwaukee, but. I was just gonna say that they, if they raise the uh, more of a price, like that might turn off some people because it's gonna be expensive to stay there for that long. Well, that's yeah, so true. Coachella. Well, even some people only go for one or two days or whatever to see a few artists, and then also I was gonna say is that out of the eleven days, I want to say like every day that wasn't a weekend, um, so like five plus days, they probably more than that. Uh, they had free methods of getting in like wear a red shirt like bring a canned good or whatever and you could get in for free hmm. so it's kind of like even with that cheap price already for the past that i paid if i could have just showed up and just like walked in if i had done one of those things that they required uh for that day obviously you can't see, with that you can't see like the big people that were in the amphitheater yeah. or whatever yeah. but it still opens 
hundreds of performances, hun- literally hundreds. Just live performances, see. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I had a blast there. I, I was talking about all the bad stuff that I saw or whatever, but I was like, this is that's the experience. This is super fun. I didn't have 100% good experiences. Some bad <laughs> concerts, John Bellion. Uh, no reaction? I'm a peacekeeper at this point in the okay. podcast. <laughs> uh, I, so I, there's some bad concerts, um, but for the most part, I, I had a really good really good time. And before that, I'd only been to one other concert. Mm, um, okay. And so I didn't know what to kind of expect. But I, I really, we really had a good time. And it was kind of like you, our ritual. You get up, you just go there for like 10 hours or whatever, and then you leave. And it, it, was, it was really fun. Would I highly go? recommend it. Would, would you I go, go to a festival? To a festival? Oh, yeah. I I would have went to Coachella this year for Beyonce. The thing is, Coachella tickets are ridiculously expensive. Oh, yeah, that's expensive. why. No, I, I won't go. That's what I was saying. When you guys are like, hopefully no one ruins it. I'm like, they already have with the tickets. Well, no I can't funding. pay that. And I, I met like with violence. Yeah, I know you met. <laughs> but if we're going like. Uh, it would depend on who's on the list, but yeah, I would def- I would go to one, you know. Was there one in particular? Like one in particular that I would go to? Yeah, that you're super interested in. Or just like in general, you want to check something out. Lollapalooza seems like it'd be a good time. Yeah, sometimes the artists they have on that. It's very like hit or that. miss each year. Yeah, like, you know. This had- year's lineup was okay, but like the year before that, it was really fucking good. Hey, you know who was on this year's lineup? Lil Dicky. I wouldn't have went. <laughs> I think also Chance was. I wouldn't have went. Who, okay, then. Okay, so who? So it would be like a Beyonce or like a Jay-Z or a Kanye headliner? Honestly, it's insane to me that Beyonce that is at Coachella. Have, yeah, that was And she did a two-hour set. I was like, it's a festival. Was there. That's awesome. That's well, she was a surprise guest, wasn't she? No. Or was she on the thing? No, she was on the bill last year. Oh. But she got pregnant, so she canceled, and then she was doing this year. Okay. Just to make up for last year. Isn't she still pregnant? She's still pregnant. No, she had her twins. No, Beyonce. Cardi. Oh, Cardi. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, I thought you were talking about what? Beyonce. I was like, wait Cardi a had her twins. No. I was shocked too. I was like, how did no, I miss yeah, that? No, yeah, Cardi, I guess. She might, no, she wasn't surprised. It was before the album came out when they announced her, but yeah. No, she wasn't like okay. gigantic. But yeah, no. I would go. It's like, it doesn't have to be a gigantic artist. It just has to be like artists where I would like find interesting. Like, when I would have went for because they had Tyler and like uh, Vic Mensa, not Vic Mensa, sorry, <laughs> and Staples. Like yeah. I would have went for like those artists and stuff like that, and maybe a chance if it was sunny out. But uh, there was a yeah. I don't know if I'd. It's in California. If I ever found myself in California and or had the money to yeah. find myself there, I, I would be super interested in going. They had some artists that I was really interested in seeing. Greta Van Fleet was one of them. Kyle uh, did a performance. Kigo did a performance. Kyle. Hey, that's rude. Okay. <laughs> Borns had a performance. So, yeah, it kind of depends on if you have either a the money or location. Yeah, so like yeah. we li- since we live in Michigan, like maybe Lala would be the biggest closest one, or I guess Summerfest, Summerfest. Well, or even Electric Forest. Yeah, ele- well, besides like the yeah. niche Electric yeah, Forest, yeah. you know. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, that's it. And you would go, I'm assuming. Um, You've been to some, I feel. Maybe. I mean, I love live live music, but I um I have anxiety, and I've always worried that festivals would overwhelm me a little bit. That's it's, fair too. It's a lot of people and and noise and color, and that can be good for me, but that can be bad for me too. So I think it would just it would just depend. I I'm interested in a lot of the smaller ones, and also since I talked about it earlier at the beginning of the podcast, I'm really interested in New Orleans culture wise. So I'd really like to go to their jazz festival because mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of interesting history there, and so I'd like to I'd love to go to that one someday and then some of maybe like the smaller ones there's some um i love going to tommy and i are from around the grand rapids area originally 
they have a smaller jazz one that they do there. Yeah. They actually have a few that they put on in Grand Rapids. They have Mopop over there too, right? They have a, I don't or know. Or is that in Detroit? Not uh, they have not a sure. blues festival they do in Kalamazoo, which is also yeah. by it. So I think I, if I stuck to the smaller ones, I, I would be good. Maybe someday I'll go to the yeah. the big ones. And there but. really is uh, a lot of people have a problem with it because, well, like I said, I went with my girlfriend and there were some of the concerts where she I was like in the stands or whatever and she just had to leave because it was like a lot. It's really hot. It's People are all over you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, if it's back I, to back to back to back to back, back if concerts. I have a, if I have an artist <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I like live and die for, then I'll put up with it. Like, um... I I have been through some crazy pit concerts for for artists that I that I really really wanted to see. I almost passed out when I saw yeah. Weezer because it was like Especially 80 degrees outside in July, but I mm-hmm. stayed and saw it. So yeah, I think it, it would depend on the lineup and um, where it was at. I'm a broke gal myself, so a lot of it I also can't afford mm-hmm. to go to. But I want to start going to more local things. Definitely the Michigan ones. I should hit those up for mm-hmm. sure. Mm. For sure. Well, I think that ends yeah. our discussion on it. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I was trying to figure out a transition. Um, festivals. <laughs> be a part of your community. Yeah. If you guys have a music festival experience that you that stood stood out to you, or someone that you'd like, definitely, or some festivals in, in general that I believe that I'm getting a little flustered, yeah. <laughs> and some in general that you just like to go and see, you can tweet those at us at uh, at Notable Pod. Um, you can go check out our website, which has, you know, our music lineups when we do new releases. Might do something for this one, go a little bit more on Woodstock, because I think that's super, super interesting. Um, that is notablepodcast.wordpress.com, so definitely go check that out. Um, yeah, but like I said, our Twitter, at NotablePod. Um, so yeah, just go check out there, and you can find all of our links to our episodes and stuff like that. We're now on Spotify, as well as the Central Michigan Life website, SoundCloud, and iTunes uh, under Central Michigan Life Podcasts. So just check all that out there. Um, once again, thank you for listening. I'm Tom Delore. I'm Hannah Stark. I'm Grant Palmentier. I'm Amir Banks, and I'm going to try something new to end this, you know? Oh, gosh. Sometimes they say notable is unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. I hope you're at the time of your life. <laughs> <laughs>